Welcome, everybody, to the Of Saints and Sinners podcast. I am your host with the most, Deacon Dev, and I am joined by none other than the fantastic Mr. Lord and Tailored himself. EJ is in the house. What's going on? Chilling, chilling. It's been, it already feels like a long week. I don't know why. Like I woke up today and I thought it was Wednesday. I was just like, oh, I really want Wednesday, (laughs) but it's Tuesday. I can't believe we're going into the fall. Like, I don't know why that's shocking me. Like that in a few, like maybe like nine days is going to be October. Yeah. And then we're in, we're into the holidays. It's amazing. It's wild. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, I think part of it is because 2021, like, Everything is just, you know, the pandemic, the pandemic. And obviously we recently changed presidents. And so like, you know, there's, there's like a lot happening, but it's almost like you're not really experiencing it in normal fashion. Mm -hmm. So it almost feels like things aren't happening, at least for me. Um, Everything is done in the home now, you know? Whether right, it's right, right. connecting with friends. I mean, like you can go out, obviously, but like it just feels like everything is just like, oh yeah, I'm staying in and because pandemic, you know, still. Right, 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 right. Um, or it's just like this extra heightened sense of like insecurity, I should say, whenever you go out and do stuff. And like that's not fun. Who wants to do yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, of course. There's something so interesting to me about like the way that we have opened up and like no one really gave it the green light yeah fully but we have opened up yep yeah life you know i mean not that i not that i'm looking for someone's approval but it's just like no one is no one has said oh y'all it's over it's okay but people you know due to like vaccinations or whatever people are like yeah no we got we did it which I said we're gonna, which I said y'all want us to do. We did it, mm-hmm. and now we're gonna we're, we're gonna do what we need to do. Like so, restaurants are open. It kind of like was weird to me. I was walking last week. I think after we recorded the last episode, school is back. Yeah, I had I not heard. seen like a, I had not seen a herd of kids in over a year. Yep, and year I and saw one last what yeah a year and a half, and I saw a group of kids Wednesday, and I was like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. We are back. Yep. That same thing happened to me too. I was on 125th over by what used to be Rice High School. It's now I think like oh yeah, Harlem Village Academy. I think it's what mm-hmm, they call mm-hmm. it now. Mm-hmm. Just tons of kids just out on yep. the street in uniforms. And I was just like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, Okay, now that I think about it, what also gave me pause, I'm just like, okay, they need to direct these kids away from 125th and Lennox. <laughs> there are too many, like, I will say unsavory people on 120, on the corner of 125th and Lennox. Now we had to learn. Corners. Nah, we had to learn. They could learn. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, we had to learn. We had to learn in the 90s, early 2000s. I was like, see, this is how Amber Alerts happen. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they had, we had to learn. We, we had did. to go to the ranks. We did. Buying porn on the street for $2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
my god. Yes, I did. Yo, one twenty fifth was yep. wild. Yep, buying five dollars. Yeah, D- unmarked DVDs. Can't yo, please. Yo, so they're okay. You know what? This would be. I don't know if this is this is this isn't really a confession or or uh testimony, but this is just a funny story. So one time, I I can't say the family member that I was with, but I was I was picked up from school, I think, by a family member. And he and I, like, we kind of bonded a little bit over watching uh, martial arts flicks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so he was just like, yo, I'm going to go buy some some new movies. Like, let's go over. So we were on 125th. We go up up the stairs to this place that sells, like, all these kind of, like, bootleg movies, um, martial arts flicks that they're able to get their hands on. You know, they even had, I think they may even had, like, Nigerian movies and they have like a tv in there and what they do was they used to put the tv they used to put the tv on the tv had a a vcr um thing attached to it so you put the tape in and he would play the tapes just so you could see that it actually was good quality and that played and wasn't anything janky right Mm -hmm. so you get up there i guess he must have accidentally had like the wrong uh cassette in the wrong um sleeve pulls it out he puts it in and it's just this wild porno like playing (laughs) and i'm just captivated like oh what's this (laughs) yes And instead of just taking it out, he starts pitching my family member on buying that along with the Are other Are you stuff. serious? <laughs> yes. While you were there? While I was there, he didn't wow. give a damn. Part of the reason what my family member said, what he thinks happened is when he went to pay for the, um, when he went to pay for uh, some other tapes, he had pulled out like a wad of cash and he said he noticed like as soon as that guy like saw the wad of cash, he just kind of went crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's why he started pitching him on buying the porn. Yep. Yep. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like in, I had to be in like fifth or sixth grade. And I'm just like, oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Blew my whole world wide open right there. Yep. In that one it's amazing. Moment. It's amazing what really sent you over the edge as a child <laughs> slash teen versus like it's like the littlest, the littlest, the smallest thing. Like, but, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, that was, uh, but yeah, 125th used to be wild. It's, I don't know if it's wilder now. It's, it's not the same, but at the same time, it's just like, it's just nasty. That's really what it is. It's nasty mm-hmm. over there. While as before, it used to be just kind of like, oh, I would say almost like no holds barred, but you didn't feel unsafe or you didn't feel like it was a nasty area. Like it was just a lot of merchants selling their own stuff on the streets, you know, whether mm-hmm, it be mm-hmm. food or clothes, tapes, you know, like you said, they sell just about anything over there, but it wasn't like this haven for again i'm going to say unsavory characters Mm -hmm. Uh, it wasn't like that so 
I don't know. They, they, yeah, something needs to happen over there. Cause that you got school over there. I didn't even think about that for like a year and a half. Yeah. It's amazing how like that area has come up in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, they got the um, Harlem shake, which is not, that's a pretty decent place. You got yeah. the whole foods, you got the red rooster, you got the Shea Lucien, which is mm-hmm. decent. You got the, but it's still like, nope. Yeah. It, it, it's at night, it's a for some reason it's a little better. Actually, I'm gonna take that back. I, I'm gonna uh, yeah. say no. I'm gonna take that back. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's. What get I will say is, I don't. I don't remember that. No, last. Sorry, last thing. I don't remember that being like that. So I used to go to corner a lot in mm-hmm. 2013 with some musicians from the church. Yep. And I just, it just wasn't like that. It wasn't. It was not like that. It just I, wasn't. I noticed it starting to get like that. Um, and about like, I would say right around the time the Whole Foods opened. So that had to be like 2015, maybe. No, Whole Foods mm. opened, I think 2014. No, um, you're, going, you're going back. You're going too far. I would say 16, 17. Okay. So I would say that when Whole Foods opened, that's when it all kind of went crazy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i don't know what else opened over there i don't know if it was like uh i don't know if there's like a halfway home i don't know if there's a a, a drug rehab place over there um but they have definitely spread far and wide across 125th street um yeah so well let me tell you when these people are ready to clear that out they're going they to. will yeah, yeah they will they i will. mean to the point of like whatever that looks like they mm-hmm. will clear that out when the time is right like when that hotel is done okay oh yeah yeah, yeah. i i didn't even think about that yeah when the hotel yeah. gets so, done they're definitely clearing everybody out of there yep they're gonna they're have cops gonna, on them corners like yeah. goodbye they're not gonna have so, tourists having to deal with that no not at all actually none of it so yeah that's all um well, let's get into it. This is, as you all know, this is our segment where EJ and I give you a little piece of our lives, what's going on with us personally, a little piece of our mind. Uh, this is our testimony or confession. EJ, is there a testimony in the house? Um, I got two confessions and I have a new segment. I feel like every segment I'm gonna make something up. Nice. Cause last what did I do last week? Um prayer request. Oh, prayer request. Okay. So my first confession is it's very it's still hot. And whatever sirens I hear tonight, you're gonna have to deal with it tonight. I cannot close the window <laughs> tonight. That's my first confession. Second of all, let me do my second okay. My second confession is okay, sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes when I'm struggling with my weight and I'm really like dealing with, like I'm having a hard time starting, mm-hmm. I will not in a judgment um, facet. I will put on my 600 pound life so I can feel better about myself. Oh my god! <laughs> no, just, no, just like I'll be like, okay, I'll be like, okay, well at least I'm not that bad. Oh no! But what? No, no, but I'm not. I, I don't laugh at them. I'm just like, okay, well at least I'm not there. I think I do, I, but I get it. It's like what? It's not to the same magnitude, but I definitely understand what they're talking about. I just I pray to God I would never let myself get to that level, and I really don't intend to. 
but I do kind of I'm like okay like at least that's a different level than what I'm dealing with yeah uh, I think we all have I think humans in general just have one or two things that we are probably insecure about that is a struggle for us but we make kind of relative comparisons right we'll find something that we can make a relative comparison to um for i guess the harshest way to say would be like for us to and, and i think it's a coping mechanism for us to not have to deal with it it's why we say mm-hmm. well at least we're not as bad as this right yeah, yeah. um and it, it's a challenge like i definitely have those moments too um not with my weight weight hasn't necessarily been an insecurity for me um but i'm sure there are other things i could probably think of that i've done that with uh you know for example and this is (laughs) this is taking it back a decade ago like when i was in school i totally Mm -hmm. used to be like well yeah my grades aren't aren't like amazing but at least I'm definitely not doing as poorly as that other kid, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I was insecure about my grades because, like, who wants to be, you know, the B minus B B student? You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. So, especially when like your peer group, like people who you're actually friends with, are I, I would say a lot of my my friends were did very well academically um i was just the only one for some reason was always kind of fucking around and and not Mm -hmm. like doing Mm -hmm. homework not studying as hard as i Mm -hmm. as i should have been um yeah so i feel that so yeah it's definitely a struggle i hope i hope that that you will find other ways (laughs) (laughs) it's not often it's really not I I i did the other day and before that it was it may be like six months like i don't watch that show often yeah i I try you know i used to watch that show and you know tlc is one of those channels they'll like grab they'll grab your attention with like some of the most extreme Mm -hmm. content right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the most extreme scenarios someone can be in like for example, like Mr. Um, not Mr. But Dr. Pimple Popper, like yeah, yeah. I, like if you're insecure about your skin, like that is not the show to be watching, right? Right, right. Um, but you know, I'll I I watched TLC, and I did used to watch um, my Six Hundred Pound Life, and on the one hand. Well, not really on the one hand. I would feel so bad for these people mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. you know, I the weight. I think their their eating is not just like them. Oh, I want to just be eating because I love food so much, right? Right. Eating right. for them is very much a coping mechanism for all sorts of um, traumas that they've gone through in their lives. You know, whether it be uh, parental abuse, you know, sexual mm-hmm. abuse. And by parental, I mean yeah. like parents just them the feeling like their parents didn't care for them. You know, um, 
you know there's sexual abuse there's mm -hmm. there's all mm -hmm. sorts of like insecurities about how people see them and so a lot of that translates for them into eating food um in very unhealthy ways and it just i i i understand the entertainment bit of it because them having to deal with that doctor is wild oh yeah definitely but at the same time i'm like this is not a this is not necessarily like oh put me on a diet and and i will manage this this is all of them really need therapy to go yeah, along yeah. with it and i never understand why like that is not the first thing that they start doing like we need to be seeing them trying to face i would i would prefer to watch a show that was them seeing a therapist or being open to seeing a therapist while also trying to tackle their the the diet part of it so that they could attain the surgery these yeah. episodes just be like i live 200 miles away and i'm really not healthy enough to really make a trip to texas but we're gonna drive on down there i'm like it's like if some tlc if someone dies doing one of those little trips that y'all be taking making them make yeah horrible yeah well I, I think while weight loss is quite a popular topic therapy is still not it's getting there though i think with each generation the idea of therapy is warming up to each new group yeah or each generation um yeah it's so interesting um i think tlc or whatever channel comes on it's brilliant the way they really like today there goes a siren sorry i know i've had like um, two <laughs> on my side so <laughs> Um, I think it's brilliant because I was watching this um, doc on CNN about sitcoms and basically television in mm -hmm. the 20th century and how every generation it just gets more real, more real, more real. So when you go from like Leave it to Beaver and the Brady Bunch, like those are just two minor examples. Mm -hmm. And then you go to like a morbidly obese person in their home trying to overcome their struggles. I, I think it's great. Um, obviously not the content is great but like the fact that it's being addressed even like hoarders yeah um there's another show in there i think my friend told me about called addiction it's mm. more like heroin heroin addicts and all that i mean it's literally oh, like yeah, i can't do that the, the mm. grunt of like society who deals with these struggles and how to overcome and i think you know anyone who's watching those shows should definitely be motivated and inspired to get a handle on whatever they're dealing with so you know there's that but yeah. I, I don't want anybody to think I, I'm like enjoying it. It's just sometimes I just feel like, okay, let me actually, it helps me like get motivated. Like, okay, you know what? You don't want to be that. You don't <laughs> want to be like stuffing your face for no reason. Cause you know, a lot of people deal with this shit, like this, like weight and all that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people deal with like eating their feelings, drinking their feelings. So many things that we kind of rely on. I won't, you know, kind of like substances, not that food is a substance, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, something to get a, a hold of. Have you thought about seeing a therapist? I have. You know, it's just with me. With a, you know, with a therapist, I, I really wouldn't want them to say, oh, so what brings you in today? Like that would just, I would be like, I don't know. And then I feel like I'll be stuck. Because a lot of my friends go to therapists and like mm -hmm. they say the first session, they're like, oh, okay. So what, what brings you in today? Well, I don't know if I would know what 
bring me in there? Well, here, here's from, from my experience dealing with therapists, you know, the first, that's actually not the first thing. I mean, they do say that to you, but you will actually have an idea of what it is because most therapists, you, they do like what they do. Um, they call it intake forms. And so on the intake forms, they actually ask you, you know, what are the things that you, you want help with, right? And so if it is say like, you know, weight loss is a struggle for me um, or, you know, leading a healthy lifestyle is a, is a struggle for me. You can write that down and, or, or even, you know, whether it be like, you know, I want to gain tools that'll help me uh, stay focused when it comes to like my weight loss journey. You can write that down and you already have, you already have like an idea of what it is that you want from the sessions and you just straight up tell them that. Mm-hmm. And then they'll start, you know, you start the conversation from there. So um, it's, it's not as scary as you just, you book the appointment and then just show up. <laughs> they, oh, there's there's a process to beforehand that kind of gives them an idea of like what it is that you're um, that you're dealing with and what it is that you would like from the session. So, okay, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I have considered it. I just need to find um, one that I guess I will be comfortable with. And, so yeah. you know, I, I'm def- I'm definitely into it. I like to communicate and talk about things and talk things through. So yeah, I, I'll I will get on that before the end of the year. I promise. <laughs> don't promise it to me. You don't have to promise it to me or the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I was just I was just uh, wondering. Um, well, for yeah. my, uh, I will say this is a is this a testimony or was i going to do a confession i actually think i might have instantly forgotten it um because i just thought of it today you know let's go with uh testimony um i was um dang what was i thinking about oh i um my sister is having a uh is having a boy that's oh, my testimony my lord yeah wow i am going to be an uncle that is my my testimony wow yeah i'm very excited congratulations thank you thank you when I, when it when is to do uh in january wow yeah it made me realize how old i am now i am mm-hmm. like I don't know. I think I sent you this text, but I don't know if I ever said it on this podcast, but it's weird to be getting to that age where not only are people, not only are like children looking at me as like an adult, but like mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. starting to get titles like uncle, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. godfather. I'm just like, this is yeah. strange to me. Like, <laughs> I never thought I'd be here, you know. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's my that's my testimony. I went up to the, she had a little gender reveal, um, and so we went up to Westchester and hung out for a couple of, couple of hours, and you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. So nice. She's, she's having a, a a baby boy. Lens is a funny thing, like how you see things. Because yeah. I remember being young and like looking at a 30 year old. I know we're a little older than 30, but looking at a 30, oh, like they're grown. Mm-hmm. Like when I turn 30, my my stuff's going to be together. I'm going to be married with two kids, have my own place with yeah. my family. That's how it looked. And now I'm 30. First, I'm 32 and I still feel like young. Mm-hmm. Not like not 21, but like, if there's a day party, I'm there. Like you still have the world in front of you. Yeah, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny how lens works. Like when you're a kid, you're like, oh, okay, I'm gonna be settled by 30. Like, and maybe maybe that's just the kind of people I saw in my life at the time when I was a kid. I didn't see a bunch of like partying 30 year olds. I saw more like, you know, we go to church and we go to work and we're, we, you know, we're settled. Now, mm-hmm. whatever I saw, whatever they want, that's what they want to show. That doesn't mean they didn't go to parties and all of that. That's just the lens from which I saw. And it's just so it's so funny being on the other side of that. Yeah. You know, perspective is a funny thing. I, I think it was <laughs> my me and my girlfriend, we were on the train and she said she overheard someone say, yeah, I think by by the time I'm 30, I'll have it all figured out. I'll have a wife, a kid you know, probably like a, a seven-year-old kid. And I was just like, you'll have it all figured out. <laughs> You're like, what? No. Maybe you'll be on, on, on a path. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to have you could try. All, to have it all figured out? Oh, man. If that's yeah. the case, I mean, I don't even know. I feel like if you have it all figured out by the time you're 30, that means like, you really had no hardships in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and how old was the person? I don't know. They have to be how in their twenties. I, I, they okay. may have been college kids. I don't know. They may have been in their twenties. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's something that someone in college would say. Yeah, yeah. Right, because thirty just seems so far away. Yeah, from like. 18 even 20 years old like 10 years seems like a long time and it it is like I don't feel like I don't feel like from age 20 to age 30 like time just flew by but I definitely wouldn't say now looking back on it I wouldn't be like oh my gosh that was a drag right right so you ever you ever like look at someone who's older than us. Let's say somebody who's 55, mm-hmm. like a celebrity. And then I do this all the time. It's kind of sick. So then I I place them in my age. So let's say Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. He, um, I think he was 50 when he died. 50 yeah, he was like 50 something when he died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, okay, not my age now, but like, I'll be like, dang, this dude really released Thriller at 22. Yep. And I think about, I think about myself at 22, like, could you imagine being the biggest star on the on the planet at, at when you were 22? No. Or like I, releasing or like releasing bad when you're 38. I mean, I'm sorry, when you're 30. It's like when crazy. I was 30, can you releasing the second biggest album of all time? Crazy. And like you were literally ruling the planet. And when I was 30, I was still like, okay, like what's next? And like, right. Like, what do I do now? <laughs> yo, yes. And it's just like. It's just when you're a kid, you really, unless you see like really effed up adults, 
you you sort of think like when you're an adult, you get it figured out. Somehow that that picture's kind of painted to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get out of college, get your job, get your apartment, get eventually get your spouse, especially in conservative world, get your yeah. spouse and then have kids and y'all be good. And depending on what adults are painting the picture for you, it can look pretty picture perfect. Yeah, that is true. That's a big unless you're just seeing, unless you're just seeing some real fucked up shit. Yeah. <sighs> Don't forget to to keep dreaming, people. Even in yes. your thirties, keep dreaming. Keep keep trying to figure out what it is that makes you happy if you haven't figured it out yet. It's never too late. The only time it'll be too late. Is if you can't, if you're not mobile or your mind is, or you're losing your mind. Yeah. So, um, well, moving on to our sermon this week, um, there were some going ons on the Twitterverse, especially within the Black Twitter realm. Have you ever heard of Karen Civil? I have not. Okay, so Karen Civil is this, um, I would say she, she would probably call herself like a media strategist. Um, she's mostly, she's very well known for having previously worked with some big names like Nipsey Hussle, so a lot of rappers, a lot of, um, mm-hmm. just like, she's like the, the, the public relations strategist for the stars, especially the Black um, stars, right? So she recently came under fire uh, for for a few reasons. Uh, the first one, there's this girl out there. Her name is Jessie Wu, and she's like a comedian slash actress. You know, you know what they what they call them multi talented or I forget what they what they call them when you have like multiple titles, multi titled people, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But she's she's also been on like Love and Hip Hop, so and she has a pretty large um, social media following. So she she posted on hers on her social media this picture of a lawsuit that she won against Karen Civil. Basically, it said that um, well, she was explaining it that Karen Civil had sued her for like monies that had been unpaid or something along those lines. And when Jesse broke it down, she was just like, so Karen Civil booked me under a fake company name to get my personal information. And basically she's saying that I cost her money. Mm. So she was just like, this is, she sued me for like $3 million or something like that. The judge threw it out. And she was like, this is crazy. Like, I would have never, I would never work with someone who would do something like that. Like, why would you book me just to get my information? Like, that's, that sounds close to a crime almost, right? Yeah. And this guy, Jonah, uh, Jonah Lucas, who's an independent rapper, um, he's come out with a few songs that I'm not necessarily familiar with him, but apparently he said that he paid this woman $60,000 to help him grow his career. Um, uh, he said, he was like, yo, I was on my last leg. Like this was the last 60 K he said, she took the money and went ghost. 
Wow. And would just like wouldn't return his phone calls. Anytime that they did speak, she sounded really annoyed with him. You know, she's her side of the story, to be fair, was that she had um, she had hired out subcontractors to do a lot of the work that she said that she would do for him. But and that he received bills for those things. But he was just like, okay, you send me a bill for stuff, but you never sent me what the bills were actually for. Like you never had an itemized an itemization along with that bill to say this line item, this thing, you know, we did, uh, we did five social media posts that cost $500 a post. You know what I mean? Like just literally listing out what it is that you did so that mm-hmm. he could go see for himself if you need, if you wanted to audit or anything like that. And so, so it became like this huge thing, but apparently it's shifted over from Twitter to Clubhouse in which... <laughs> In which she then, do you know who Jason Lee is? Uh, no. Jason Lee is another blogger. He's uh, previously been on Love and Hip Hop. He has a, I would say his his blog is pretty, is fairly popular, um, on, especially on Instagram and whatnot. Um, he said, he said to her on this clubhouse room, he basically was just like, you hired a hacker to hack my website and take it down. And she was just like, yeah, I did. And everyone was just like, did she just admit to a felony in <laughs> clubhouse in a public forum? Like, but anyways, the, the conversation then kind of just switched over to how artists who are pretty desperate in desperate situations get taken advantage of by people in in power people with status in these kind of like how would you call them high profile careers right so or high profile industries so think like especially music you know that has been a huge thing for a while now about who owns the masters who owns publishing um, people getting credited for the right music and how much you're getting paid for uh for making the music itself you know and and this just seemed to be one of those another example of how people I don't want to say get scammed but definitely how people get taken advantage of I guess that's a scam a scam is a scam Uh, (laughs) but yeah what do you think about that I think people, you know, unfortunately, because of their lack of knowledge, they get like kind of stuck in these situations where they do get taken advantage of, especially like when you're new to the um, the game or whatever. Mm, yeah. um, you wind up you wind up giving a lot of your funds because you need someone to help you promote your brand. Right. But you know, unfortunately, if the person who on the other side is not honest and really doesn't have your have true intentions to do what you need to get done. Sometimes you'll get caught in these situations and get taken advantage of. It's really just, it just is what it is. Unfortunately, it happens in every genre. I would say even more than music. I, not that I have too much knowledge of this, but I'm sure it happens in sports too. Yeah, um, anything probably. entertainment really, <laughs> you know, yeah. you got Actually, I, don't, I don't know if that it happens so much in sports, and um, I mean, it, it well, used not the same to, level, but it does, right? It, or it did, yeah. 
it actually it used to happen a lot in sports but now that a lot of these um a lot of these leagues in order for you to be an athlete in the league you have to join the players union and mm-hmm. so it, it it did happen a lot that um i think they said like babe ruth you know we hail him as like the greatest baseball player that baseball slugger ever right but apparently he died broke like a lot of these older like much much older baseball players um were not getting paid fair wages there's a um there's this famous story about the Chicago White Sox they there was a team that played I want to say in like either the 20s or the 30s they got nicknamed the Chicago Black Sox um, but their whole deal was they threw the World Series because they were getting paid more by like the bookies to actually lose the game. They were getting paid more to lose the game than they were getting paid by their manager to actually win the game. Wow. And all of that is because they didn't have a union. They didn't have, you know, anyone representing them or a real contract saying like, you're going to you're you're going to pay me this amount of money um out of like the salary that or out of the revenue that we earn that we make for this ball club so it, it did happen in sports yes yeah yeah i can definitely see that i mean yeah and definitely in music i mean think about even going back to frankie lyman who like they weren't making anything yeah yeah like anything and like you and like you dared to ask for your money and they would like kind of beat you up. I just it's just wonder, it's, it's, it's I, I just wonder like why is it like it seems like the music industry specifically has had this problem for a very long time and there hasn't really been a remedy to it. Nah, because now they I was reading they got these new things called 360 deals. Mm-hmm. And like, for anyone that doesn't know, supposedly like if you're a new artist, they'll pay you a certain amount of money up front. And usually the artists will take it because they're usually poor. Mm-hmm. So that will look like a lot of money. And then um, meanwhile, they're selling all this stuff at the concerts, all the like the um, the items and everything. It goes to the to the label. Right. Nothing. Right. Nothing goes to you. You just get whatever whatever maybe 300,000 that you signed off on you get nothing from the plays on the radio none of that wow so you know it's just always but that was i think that's because of streaming you know the streaming took a hit on the industry so now they just came up with this new procedure and people will take it because they will because when you say oh 500,000 or whatever that seemed like a lot to someone who Mm -hmm. struggles so yeah that's true that's true it's like obviously if you're a big act like like a Nicki Minaj or a little Wayne, I mean, sorry, not a little Wayne, a uh, Drake, you know, mm-hmm. and you have this huge following, you're probably a little bit more confident in maybe not taking that deal and negotiating yeah, yeah, yeah. for something else. Even yeah. if you're, even when you're coming out, I mean, I, I don't know what their initial deals were when they first got in the game. I'm sure they were kind of crappy or whatnot, mm-hmm. but I mean, like, even Little Wayne was uh, in his later years turned out to be a victim of this, right? It was like a huge story 
at least within the music world, that like he was not, he had not been paid by cash money, you know, for the music that he had made for them. And that's wild because you're thinking, this is Lil Wayne. How is he not getting paid? Right, right. I mean, same thing with Taylor Swift. She is someone who didn't, I think she doesn't have the, um, the master, the rights to the masters for like her first album. And that was like her most pop. That was like, I think her mm. first two or three albums actually. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's like her earlier work. She doesn't have the rights to them. So anytime she gets radio play or someone streams it, it's not her that's getting paid. It's like the the recording studio or her managers from back then that are getting paid. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. It kind of goes back to like when Prince, what did he do? Like he stopped going by Prince and went mm-hmm. by that logo. Yep. It's, it's just it's all, yep. It's all the same conversation. Yeah, yeah. About owning just, your music. I just wonder, like, how do you? I mean, how do you get? out of that or how do you change the situation i guess you Aside. go to court yeah yeah like i i assume that you, one court isn't is an option right but if but i guess you just have to get become so big that you can demand like a new contract or you can demand that you get your your publishing from someone from someone else right mm-hmm Cause I feel like that's what, I, that's what they portrayed it for like Ray Charles, right? Like he had gotten so big that, uh, that was it Columbia or was it CBS that was recording him? He's like, I want the rights to my masters. And they were like, we've never done that with anyone. He's just like, you're going to do it with me. And yeah. they're like, okay. Yeah. Well, like we said, I think you can get to a certain point in your career where it's like, okay, this is what I'm bringing to the table, you know, whatever that conversation looks like but definitely for these newbies like straight out the gate they're giving you that 360 deal right right they're not not giving you gold and we don't even know if you're gonna um especially nowadays the industry's so fickle it's like we don't even know if you're gonna like swim you can get a a hit and be off we're not giving you all of that right so right well you know it is what it is it's still messed up what's wild about this is that she is not like a music executive right like she she is someone who uh i mean she helps with pr she's supposedly really good at it i don't know apparently even cameron had issues with her uh he said that she fleeced uh i don't i don't know if you know who duke the god is anyways um he's one of Cameron's friends or an associate of Cameron's and he was saying that yo she fleeced him out of 60k too and I told y'all that years ago wow so you know it seems like this is not just like a one-off that this is a pattern of hers that to do kind of shysty work um right. now that being said I have never worked with Karen Civil, and I hope it's not true I hope that there's uh aside from her admitting to admitting to the uh the hacking thing I really hope that that is not the case because she's been kind of one of those I feel like she's been one of those women that's been put up there it's like 
she's like a model citizen. She came from nothing and was able to turn a career and just took advantage of the opportunities that she was given. And it's just like, this kind of undermines that story a lot. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it's just so funny how people, and this is in a general sense, how people are so comfortable like taking advantage of people. Yeah, that's the other like, thing that bothers me. Like, don't you think people like gonna talk or uh, it's just, or like that won't catch up to you? It, it's interesting. Well, that's the thing about it, right? It's like, if you're in a position to take advantage of someone who has no power, you don't think it'll catch up to you. And part of the reason is why would anyone listen to this person when they'll likely listen to me? They'll take my word before they take yours because I've been here. You well, that will only work for a certain amount of time. Right. That will only work for a certain amount of time, though. Because well, once you're you assuming get that, that person never will never get to the table to even speak to people, right? Oh. Like, like there was no guarantee that that Joyner Lucas was ever going to become very popular, right? And so, if he had never became popular, who was going who was going to to see his tweet about how his and Karen Civil's relationship went? You know, it, unless he had a huge following. So that's the sad part right there. Yeah, definitely. Well, everything done will always manifest itself. Yeah, everything, it's, it's everything done in the dark comes to the light. People don't know. So the Emmys also took place this week. Did you uh-huh. watch? Um, I was at a memorial concert, but I did catch the headlines. And okay. I... I <laughs> You know, it's kind of sad. A little, a little mini mid-service confession. I was watching the Emmys during the memorial. Who's memorial? It was this musician, but he was very, very legendary, like in the church scene. He actually played one of Mary J. Blige's records. Um, oh, really? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, suppo- well, I won't tell his business, but supposedly, oh, it's so funny. We were just talking about something like this. So he was a drummer, and he went into play. So, now I don't. This is like secondhand, but mm-hmm. I got it from a great, great, great source, someone who knew him well. Supposedly he went in, played the record. It's um, Be Happy, actually. Oh, wow. So that drum beat you hear, this is the guy that whose memorial I went to. Oh, wow. So, and supposedly he got like $500. That's it? That's it. Wow. And you think, yo, first of all, you think that's everything. And you think, yo, I'm, I'm on this cut. And you could have probably made as a for a session musician, you could have like probably carried on and not yeah. live off of it, but you would have been all right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I, yeah. I I'm I'm wondering if like when you do stuff like that, like you are the person that creates a track, a specific track for for a song. Do you get I guess you don't get writing, but you get do you get publishing credit for that? Do you know how that works? Uh, not the in the details, but whatever it was, he ain't get that. Wow! I think he actually played the drums. That those are probably actual drums. So whatever that whatever umbrella that falls under, he was gypped. Wow! Yep. I mean, there's so many stories. Like there's somebody I know who's a bassist. He said, I don't know which song, but there's a popular Bad Boy song, 
and he remembers playing the bass for a producer, just kind of showing him a bass line, mm-hmm. and it was in a bad boy song. Wow. In the in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like, that's what you, you gotta be you be careful. Yeah. Who you showing who you show your stuff to. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see it all the time. Like, I mean, even in you know, this is fiction, but dream girls, you see that stuff is all the time. People are ready to steal. Absolutely. Well, it will it was, leave you in the dust. Uh, it wasn't your, in Dream Girls. What was that in um in in Chadwick's last film? Oh, Ma yeah. Rainey's uh, Big Fat Bottom. Oh, yeah, Big Fat yeah. Bottom or Black Fat yeah. Bottom. Ma Rainey's Black that? Bottom. Black Bottom, right? <laughs> Oops. Um, <laughs> he played that lick for that dude, and he was like, ah, eh, not really the sound we're looking for. And he took it right next door to them white boys. I was like, that's horrible. That man um, played his heart out, gave you the best piece of music he could ever think of, and you just took it from him. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why he didn't just get it back. Uh, me neither. But oh, I guess he must have sold it to him, right? He said he would get uh, like $200 for it or whatever it was. I mean, that's a lot of money yeah. at that time, but yeah, sad. That's crazy. Oh, so anyway, sorry. So yeah, I was So you were watching TV I, during a memorial. I started, but then I was like, you know, let, this is kind of wild. And it was starting to like, you know, rev up a little bit. So I was like, I'll just catch it later. Because I had an option. It's like either go to it or just stay home, watch the Emmys. I wound up going and then it just got, you know, it was it was kind of lit in there. So I was like, nah, I'll just catch this later. You're going to pay attention <laughs> to the ceremony. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I only yeah, saw um, clips of it. Um, I saw, I did like their, their opening, their Bismarck tribute. Did you see that? I didn't. Uh, so it was like Frederick, the entertainer. Um, who else? It was Frederick, the entertainer, little Dickie, um, uh, LL Cool oh, J. funny. Yeah, yeah. So they all did like a an opening act. It was about you know how they normally kind of like they do some sort of act that kind of shouts out all the different uh, films and TV shows that have come out this year that people were watching and binging, et cetera, et cetera. But they they created a rap that went along over the um, uh, you say you're just a friend beat. Uh-huh. So oh, I see, I see. that was that was their opening. I was just like, oh, that's cool. This is a nice little tribute to Bismarck Key, and and then they had, of course, all the black people doing their thing, and one white woman. I don't know who it was. I couldn't recognize. I couldn't. I couldn't recognize her for some reason. But it was nice. It was cool. They had everybody in there singing along the chorus. Um, but apparently, as as you all know no black winners for any on-screen performances in the entire Uh night. Uh I started thinking though, like, I I absolutely want black people to win, but I'm also like, do we need their acknowledgement? Their Uh being like, the acknowledgement of the Emmys or whoever, whoever uh, the people are that vote for these shows and for these performances, like, mm-hmm. 
Like, it, I feel like there were, sorry, sorry, one more part, but I feel like there were so many more, um, there were just so many more uh, Black award shows that were pretty prominent. I mean, most of them kind of circled around music, but like you had, you had uh, the Source Awards. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you had BET Awards. You had the Soul Train Awards. Mm-hmm. You know, and like those, I feel like those meant something to the winners. And like, of course, you want to see. Uh, of course, you want to be acknowledged as as widely as you could. But like, because these were specifically for Black people, like. I just feel like we need to go back to that. Yeah, I think in my personal life, I am all about not making anybody do something they don't want to do. And that's just my day-to-day relations. So there are things that if someone, I can go ask them to do it. But why do I have to, if I have to keep asking you to do it, you, are you really doing it because you want to? Or are you just like, not trying to shut me up. Are you trying to just like, okay, let me just give it to him. Is it yeah. genuine? So yeah. This, it's always been a thing. Hattie McDaniel, the first black woman or actress rather to win an Academy Award for Supporting Actress in 1940, I think. Mm-hmm. She wasn't even, she wasn't even allowed in the, back then you ate. You didn't, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like um how it used to be before COVID with a theater. They, they used to like have tables. Yeah. She wasn't even allowed in the room. Crazy. Like literally, like she. They, they like, had to fight so, to get to, to let her in. Yeah. They had to fight to get her in. So it was like, it, it's from the beginning. It's a whole thing. And I get it. That was back then. Here we are. It's still a thing. It's still kind of washed out. Why? And it's always a topic. Like, I okay, so now it's always a topic. What are we going to do about it? Right. Are you going to like keep keep asking for it or do you just like not care? I always think, listen, let the work speak for itself because that's all that really matters. Um, the shows that may not have been nominated or even or were nominated, didn't win. The work still speaks. Yeah, that's that's true. Definitely, and I think I, I, and I think actors, actresses, directors, uh, they know. I mean, the work touches people because the especially with social media you have access to regular people like so a regular mm-hmm. person can comment on a director's instagram like your work spoke so much to me like right. you have that kind of communication now so i think people know it's not really about the awards it's a cool social event you win you win you don't you don't um i can imagine how difficult it m- or exhausting it must be to still kind of lose to maybe something you didn't feel was as great as yours but because right. they're white they won right but you know what what are you going to do? Like, are you going to make them give it to you? Yeah. That's no fun either. It just, it just always seems very strange when like, for example, a homeboy that won for the crown, uh, the guy who played uh, Prince, what's his name? Is it Prince? The son or the father? The father. I think he played. Oh, um, no, 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 no. Sorry, yeah, Harry's father. That's what I meant to say. I think he won. He won an award, and I was just kind of like, I didn't really like his performance in The Crown. I mean, it was good, but I wouldn't say that it was like award winning. 
I thought the crown like swept a bit much for my liking. And I loved I watched that show religiously. And this is and what I'm, I'm just getting like, at. That's yeah. exactly my point that I was getting at. It's like, how is it? I mean, yes, there are some shows that are just out of this world. They do phenomenal. Like, you know, there's the Game of Thrones of the world. The Crown is a good show. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna front on it. Like it's not a good show. Um think like this is the sopranos like all these shows that kind of that are just really well done but it also makes me wonder i'm like when they went when when a, a show wins that many awards are you basically trying to tell me that this is the perfect way to do tv mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because how can they be i mean they could be they it may very well be that they are just that good but i just don't see how they have you know, and I'm not saying that they won these awards. I actually don't know which awards they won. I know they won like 20 or something, or they got nominated 20 times and came out with 11. Like, yeah. Like, how do you get best actress, best actor, best supporting actress, best supporting best actor, director. best director, you know, best cinematography? I'm just kind of like, come on now. All this yeah. TV that's out there now, not just on streaming channels but actually on tv all this stuff that's out there and you telling me that one show was just that supremely good at every single aspect of of like production and yeah. uh, like i don't know it just seems strange to me and even if it is the case that 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 that's what it is why is it that all the winners are white yep. <laughs> Yep. And and a show that's not even about our fucking people. Yeah. Well, the Emmys is, is one of those global awards. They give it to right, aren't they? I, I, I understand that, but it's a Hollywood thing though. Yeah. Yeah. That's it is, true. It is, open, it is open, but you know, America and Europe are kind of like cousins anyway. Mm-hmm. Like like they have like don't they have like the foreign awards like really foreign stuff yeah it's the the um and, and, foreign yeah. press or whatever it's yeah called. yeah but anyway um it, it's a it's a hollywood thing yeah and it's like yo you have a royal family that's not even a part of america and because we're up so we're up so obsessed with the content mm-hmm. i think that's another part of it like and especially with season four with princess diana and all that it's just like it just really raked in. Yeah. I don't I mean it was cool. Listen, I watched The Crown. So I'm not sitting here like speaking to someone ignorant to it. I watched especially that season. I watch it often for y'all to sweep it like that. There were just way other contenders that yeah. could have. But you know what? I'm I'm really just not into making people decide other than what they've decided. So I know that was a mess. I'm just not into making making people choose a make I'm not into making people make another choice because then it's not genuine. Yeah, I did it for whatever reason. And you know, I think when you don't have the outcome that you de- you desire, you just be like, okay, and move on. And let your work speak for you because someone has been impacted. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I I, I really hope that we I remember like when the BET awards like first first started, like weren't they those like a big thing? Not necessarily yeah, like they're... not necessarily like 
it, not that it crossed cultures, but I'm talking about specifically for Black people. I feel like it's not that big anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if a lot of that has to do with like, they just don't really focus on music like that anymore. So like that music aspect of it is, so it's not as culturally relevant when it comes to well, that. B- yeah, well, BET doesn't focus on music like it used to. Right, that's what I meant. That's oh, what I meant, right, like BET, the, the channel. Yeah, okay, the, yeah, yeah, the BET yeah. Awards, they're still focused on music, right? Like they haven't really expanded out outside of that. They're not doing shows and all that. Right, right. And so, you know, I feel like we need to bring more of like these, if we want to really acknowledge our, the talent that's out there, I feel like we need to figure out a way to have our own Emmy slash Oscar night, have that televised and, and just not, not be satisfied with that, but bring the same gravitas and the same cultural relevance to that, that these other award shows have. Because honestly, in a sense, I'm a little tired of the Oscar so white or Emmy so white conversation because I know what I like. I know when I like performances by black people and I want to see them be acknowledged by it. But I also don't want to feel like, I also don't want to feel like because they didn't win an Emmy that not that they're not deserving, but like what they what their performances were were less than. If right, that right, makes right. sense. Like there are tons of black actors in all these white shows. We can nominate them for the same shows, same performances, and just be like, yep, this is what this is what we want to we want to say that you did you did this in this movie and you were deserving of this. Uh, of that mm-hmm. perform mm-hmm. of this award because of your performance, you know. Yeah. Um, and and even bring in more, and even highlight like shows that aren't necessarily on big networks, right? Like, there's so much content out there right now that there's really no reason that we shouldn't be able to highlight stuff that's on other streaming platforms that's more like maybe indie movies you know on youtube right short short form stuff like all of that is out there to be consumed and there's no reason why we shouldn't be acknowledging those performances those actors writers producers etc um the way that the emmys does for everyone in hollywood so yeah that's kind of it's just amazing yeah it's just amazing how these award shows are set up yo like i mean and it's not just them i mean i've seen like the stella awards which is about gospel music i've seen people so deserving get passed up Mm -hmm. for and that's more like a so let's take race out of it stellas are obviously very black i actually don't even see i don't even see white people in there but it's just again like people deserving actual bringing quality content getting passed over because they're not as popular you know it's just that kind of stuff and like you know when i'm reading online people are saying like yo it's just a popularity contest it's what is this it's that you know it's not really authentic right so you know i mean 
again, I'll just go back to my original point. Like the work is going to speak, you know, like for itself. And I think, you know, like, and the awards will speak for itself too. Like you have Emmy award winner, stellar award winner, this, that, I mean, that's a good title to have on it, but it's really about the work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You do do, want to be recognized. You do, but you're not always going to be unfortunately that's that's life yeah it's unfortunate and i don't think it's so much that people don't understand that they won't be or that there are times when they won't be acknowledged i do however feel like the conversation is more so the fact that nominating like it really goes down, especially with these award shows, it really goes down to like who the voters are, right? That too. And really having an, really knowing like, is the, are the voters diverse? You know, do they come from different economic um, backgrounds, right? Because I, I feel, and granted it's Hollywood, so I, how diverse that's going to be i don't know but it's not just it's there's also race there's you know country of origin are they immigrant um do they have maybe their parents are immigrants like i don't i just don't know that the that the white ceo who was born here whose family has always worked in hollywood you know or he just you know he was always around hollywood is going to have the ability to really uh, look at a, a piece of art from someone who's coming from a completely different background, who's immigrant, grew up in, you know, uh, a working class neighborhood. You know, is he really going to be able to understand that work and and give it its just due? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I just don't know. And so like, I feel like there just needs to be uh, a better way to identify who is deserving of awards in any yeah. given year so that it doesn't look like you're just uh, giving lip service to, yeah. to, to a situation, you know? And that's why represent, representation is so important. You know, it's not just like something to be saying, like, that's what it is. It's so like whatever in the academy, like the diversity of the of the whoever is voting and all of that, mm-hmm. you know, so. So you have people who can look at content and say, oh, that's worthy of being recognized for this. So, you know, I mean, right. I don't know. We should we'll see. But like I said, I agree, like. If they're not gonna do it, what are we? What are we as a people gonna do? And what are they, actors, directors, producers? What are they gonna do about it? Are they gonna create your own, or not? And just kind of go with the flow. It's whatever. But right. one thing we do know, they are gonna do what they do. Yeah. The other and thing is, are, oh, sorry, continue. No, no, no. And we've seen them do that forever. Yeah. It's not really gonna get any. I mean, people, more people of color are being nominated, this and that, but you know, it's still a thing. The other part of this is to, I don't necessarily know that the black people who are in Hollywood necessarily care. <laughs> like, right. That's the other. Thing. Right. Like I have not. I mean, yes, I feel like every 
every few years or so, we do get a cohort of Black talent that are very much like, you know, nah, this was, this is whack and y'all need to give us our just due. I feel like we get that every few years, but I don't know if it's like a keep, if they keep that same energy every single year, you know, because the fact of the matter is they are working. They are getting their content out there and they're, they're doing what they love. They're getting paid for what they love. I don't know that. I don't know if when I, if when they are making their work, their goal is win an Emmy. I think that's, I, I think it's probably something that they, they do, but I don't necessarily know that they write their work and do their work thinking, oh yeah, this is going to, to win an Emmy. Well, I think every generation gets away, every generation of color gets away from the intense validation or desire of validation from white spaces, Mm. such as the Emmys, the Oscars, the Globes, the Holy Trinity of cinema and shows. I think every generation, we just get farther away and it's fine because while you'll go to the event, you're glad to be invited. You're going to, I mean, if anything, just use it for publicity, for publicity, publicity, anything. yeah. 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 Just use it. Like do what you do. I mean, if you win or not, but like, you know, the content's out there, like I said earlier, I mean, people on Instagram, on YouTube, people, uh, common people like us, they're reaching these directors and creators and saying, yo, you've changed my life with your work, mm-hmm. you bring in content, like you have, uh, people have access to one another. So that's, that's, what's really rewarding. I mean, if yeah. you win it, I mean, like I said, if you, if you get a title, you win, you win an award. Yes, it does add a little bit of prestige to you, but the work is still out there. The work is still working. Right. And right. yeah, our generation, like, not that we don't care about the Emmys and all that, but it's not like, okay, my life's not going to be made until I get that. We don't need that. Our generation not looking for that validation anymore. That's true. That's true. Um, well, speaking of the Emmys, we will go right into our saint and center of the week. Our saint of the week is one of the few Black uh, winners of an Emmy this year, and that goes to Michaela Cole, um, who won an award for, I believe it was for her writing of uh, I May Destroy You. Um, Did you watch I May Destroy You? I was going to, but I did not yet. Whew good that show it's really good it's really intense um forewarning for any survivors of sexual assault this is a a warning that that is essentially what the crux of the show revolves around um but it is really good um it's actually based on her experience as a survivor of sexual assault um which is really deep. Like, I think that's what made the show really good is that it was very vulnerable in that sense. And you felt that in, in her portrayal of basically herself and just like the other characters that she created to go along with the story. It was, it was really raw, I think. Um, wow. And so I, you, you, I was gonna say real quick, you know why I didn't really jump into it? Cause I couldn't get into chewing gum. Oh, it's not like chewing gum. 
Okay, because I was just like, okay, is this going to be like the same thing? No, but, I think Chewing Gum is supposed to be like a comedy. This is... Yes, yeah. uh, I wouldn't even call it a dark comedy. It has some comedic moments, but mm-hmm. it's, I think it's very much a drama. And it feels that way. I forget what show it was that like started off it may have even been like insecure. Remember, insecure in the beginning was just like a lot of laugh out loud moments, and then as it progressed, uh-huh. it just like became and like dark. not even dark. It was just like wow, <laughs> like, this isn't haha funny. This is like wow, I'm really go- I I'd be going through moments like that too, <laughs> you know. But this one, it, it doesn't really get into like the laugh out loud moments. It's very much like. If it's a comedic moment, it's more for like relief from kind of the more intense moments of the show. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it it a lot of it deals with consent from party from from everyone involved in in kind of like making decisions around their bodies. I'll say mm. like that. Um, okay yeah i definitely recommend that you watch it it's really it's a really good show really well done i think they're only doing one season of it it's up on uh i think it's on hbo max okay Uh, yeah but you liked you liked uh what you call it um what's the movie what's the show with zendaya euphoria um, Euphoria, yeah if you liked euphoria and euphoria is very dark like that you will like this show Mm -hmm. so highly recommend it but yes congratulations to her um you know i can i can only imagine what that must have been like to to choose to write a, a story that's basically autobiographical about probably one of the more horrendous moments of your life uh uh um you know, I actually recently found out a friend of mine, she, I don't know, I won't say that she minds me putting this out there, but they themselves had put it out there on their social media. Um, but I just recently found out a friend of mine um, is a survivor of sexual assault herself. I read and, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. that, you know, the, uh, that experience and even what what she was talking about in terms of like thinking about killing herself and mm-hmm. you yeah. know the the loneliness of it you know yeah. because it's not something that you want to actively go tell people you know um you're even even the people who you do tell like regardless of you telling them like you still have to go home and deal with it right like, wow. Wow. um and so, like all of that is kind of is 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 portrayed in the show, um, in a sense. So, and even like her, at least for Michaela, is more like I think her story was more about how she could regain control of her life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I highly yeah, recommend yeah. it. But congratulations to to Michaela Cole on on her. On her nomination and her win well deserved I'm, I'm very much looking forward to 
any further work that that she does yeah definitely because you know she was actually in black mirror too right yes yeah she was in that episode that star trek episode yeah yeah wait was it a star trek episode it's kind of like a play on star trek mm-hmm. okay so yes she was in that one and she was in a in another one uh with the girl who was all about like her social media likes and and she, was trying to, she was trying to get to the remember she was the um or something yeah she was trying to get to the wedding and she was yes. at the airport and there was the black girl who was just like okay i need you to stop yelling at me and she called the cops <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah i only saw the episode once oh okay. yeah i remember those were the days of black mirror man yeah that was that was actually one of my favorite episodes of black mirror. yeah um yeah show changed my life yeah, that show was wild. Uh, just the whole concepts of how technology is messing us up. <laughs> um, well, next up, our center of the week. You want to take this one, EJ? Nope. Oh. <laughs> next up, our center of the week, or centers, I should say, are the border patrols that have been turning back, not just Haitian immigrants, but all immigrants, but we're going to specifically talk about the pictures that came out today in the New York Times, where to, I would say at least the images and notions of slave catching were definitely resonating with me, where a man on a horse looked to be grabbing one black man as he tried to run back across the river basically just like images of uh slave catching Mm -hmm. you know if you've ever seen django or 10 uh 10 years is it's 10 years of slave right 12 12 years of slave (laughs) i'm getting my numbers and names all messed up 12 (laughs) years of slave any anything like that that is basically what you saw um apparently supposedly they were they had whips and they were mm. whipping them across to go back across the river um it's really wild that like a country this rich is so desperate to keep immigrants and people seeking asylum out mm-hmm. like these people have traveled such a long way I can only imagine what it took for them to say, you know what, my homeland right now is just not, it's not in my best interest to be here. I'm going to try and make it into the state. So to go from Haiti to Mexico, to get across the border, to try to get across the border, you know, like we need to just do better about trying to figure out how we can either help these help these people one and then also figure out why is it that their countries are are struggling so much that so many of them are just leaving Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and i'm not saying we need a nation build but there has to be some way to support to get these countries running to be functional, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and granted 
I'm sure a lot of this has to do more so with the earthquake than anything else. You know, multiple earthquakes, I should say, an assassination of a president. Like, I don't think anyone would want to necessarily stay in a country like that if you have the means to leave. Um, but even so, like, the means to leave, to leave doesn't really mean much when you know, you get to the border, if you had to try and get into another country, basically illegally, right? Or in a sense, they're really seeking asylum and they won't, and the country you're leaving to won't grant it to you, which is heartbreaking. Yeah. It's interesting to me. Um, let's go back to the picture of the horse and the whip and all that. Yeah, It's amazing. Like these people are so obsessed with like a lifestyle that they never had. Mm. It's like y'all are so fucking obsessed with going back to that time. Y'all are nowhere near that time. So yeah. it's like why y'all so obsessed with recreating that that period, like that antebellum period. Cause y'all are obviously getting off on like like being on a horse and whipping Negroes or blacks rather. Mm-hmm. That, that's always been kind of weird to me. That's one thing. Second of all, I was thinking about this when I was having dinner. It's like how can a country literally fucking founded by immigrants or at least like the children of immigrants be so against people coming in for a better life? Yeah. Which when in that is what your ancestors literally did and came over and killed people and did it. Took you know, I don't want to go on a took the land you know, no need to even go into this topic, but it's like, how can you just like look your note? But that's how people, they forget. Like y'all are literally on stolen land, created a country here and going to tell who, and going to say who can come in and come out. Yeah. Like the hypocrisy of that is just not lost on me. Yeah, it's, um, it's wild. It's just so wild. And the third thing real quick, um, I agree. It's like, why are we just looking at these countries who are, literally decrepit and we just don't do shit it's like well well but we'll go into another country and rob them Mm -hmm. we'll go have war with them but you can't even give them like a million dollars and be like i mean not that not that that's going to do much that's better than nothing or give them i mean yeah i think i think part of the problem is i think we actually we do give money to haiti like we uh, i think it's been very well documented that the u.s has been giving money to to Haiti. The issue is like a lot of the governments that are in some of these countries can become very corrupt. And without the support of the US, a lot of those governments would, would topple down. And, you know, but there, there's gotta be a way to stabilize some of these countries or figure out a way to stabilize them without us having to be directly uh, in power to say the least. Like, and I don't, I don't know how, how to do that. Haiti's got a long history of being basically used and abused by, by European powers and America, you know, so that country, there, there's a lot of, of trauma there for a lot of the people that has just been passed down since they were since they freed themselves to the time that basically France 
basically France basically ransomed them, which was like we're gonna we're gonna to create a an embargo on you unless you pay us the money that we're owed for your freedom. And that put them in a ton of debt. Then you got mm-hmm. like the natural disasters that it doesn't help to constantly be getting hit by earthquakes. You know, yeah. you know how is how is climate change impacting the the severity of those natural disasters on that island? Um, yeah, you know, so it, it's a there's a lot going on with with Haiti itself but what i meant by that is like you know even even afghanistan we were there for 20 years supposedly put in a very strong government trained all trained their military to do all this stuff and as soon as we left that whole thing just came toppling down yep reverted back to its original state reverted back to what it was back in 2001 you know, and a lot of that is because they were saying the government that was in place in Afghanistan, the one that we put in there, was corrupt. Mm. And the people didn't have any trust in those officials that were there. Yeah. So, I mean, this is what happens when you constantly destabilize countries. You know, uh, there we destabilize them, but we never have any plan on how to actually uh, to restabilize them, I guess, right? Or, or we never have any plan for how we're going to, to help those who are going to be in need when we destabilize their, their economy or their governments or anything like that. Uh, we just treat them like shit. It's awful. Yeah. So many that we treat like shit. Mm-hmm. South American countries, yeah. countries in the Caribbean, mm-hmm. countries in the Middle East—they've all—they've all gotten gotten the brunt of that American whip. Vietnam for a period. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um. Well, that's all I got this week. Oh, we posted about the COVID school, but it's okay. I mean. Oh, yeah. The, no, the, not the COVID school, the school in Harlem that has now been closed due to a COVID outbreak. Right. So. It was like, what, 19 teachers got sick? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, that yeah, that is wild. Like, damn, that's, that's kind of a back step there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, everybody, if you're thinking to yourself, we really enjoyed this conversation and we want to be a part of it. Well, you can't be a part of it right here with us in the studio slash in our apartments, <laughs> in our rooms. But you can reach out to us on Twitter at of Saints Center Pod. Uh, you can reach out to us on Instagram at of Saints Center Podcast. Uh, share the podcast with your friends, your family, colleagues, whoever you think would enjoy it. Uh, help us grow our flock we love you stay blessed we'll talk to y'all later peace peace